Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the To The Point Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Noah Warren. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. Uh, I know I did. Joseph College Football had a great chat with Matt Wright Saturday morning talking about this weekend's NFL game. So if you haven't seen that yet, uh, please check it out. It's on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. Um, this week, I just want to give you guys a little heads up of what's happening this week on To The Point. So today, I'll be talking about the games yesterday in the NFL, like they usually do Monday mornings. Um, tomorrow night, Seamus and me won't be doing our next recap. Uh, he's taking his test for uh, for his accounting. Uh, it's uh, tomorrow, Wednesday morning or something like that. So we're going to give him some extra time to prep. We know he's going to do great. And after he's done his test, he'll be joining me Wednesday night. But uh, tomorrow night, I will be doing an NBA season preview show with uh, my friend from St. Thomas, Billy Cole. Um, we'll be talking about all the major headlines coming into the season, what you can expect from the Toronto Raptors. Um, we might even talk about Dirk Nowitzki. He's been out of the league for a couple of years, but I learned just yesterday that um, Billy's a big fan of Dirk. He's my favorite player. I named my dog Dirk. So I'm, I'm ne- I'll never shy away from talking about the man, the myth, the legend. Um, Thursday, I'll be doing a solo show previewing the world junior championship which starts on christmas day so that's a week from friday i'll be basically breaking down team canada what you can expect uh, forward lines defensive pairs starting goalies uh, the player backgrounds and just how the, the other teams as well but just how good canada is going to be at this tournament um i'm, I'm excited i'm going to be trying to do a recap of every team canada game their first game is on boxing day so likely uh, the 27th will be the first recap. They play the 27th as well. So start against Germany, but that's something that um, I'll be doing. Also, um, Saturday night, I watched with some friends. We watched um, UFC 256. One of the best cards I've ever purchased. UFC is something I've really um, grown to love in the last two years. Um, some people say it's barbaric, which is fine. That's an okay take, but it's just... There's an art to it um, that if you really enjoy it, obviously these guys are putting their bodies on the line, but it's something I think I want to discuss here. Um, I'd love to hear feedback. So if you guys would like to um, hear some UFC talk, maybe learn about the sport a little bit, um, then let me know. I don't want to uh, put content out that you guys don't want to hear. So I said from the beginning, this is going to be an interactive space. So please leave comments on the YouTube, you can message, uh, DM me on Instagram, different ideas that you want to hear or want to talk about. Hopefully the NHL is going to start maybe the 13th of January. I think it'll be a bit later than that, but, um, any, like when that NHL starts, I'll be firing that up. We'll be doing a full preview show probably of every division. Um, just four right now, one's the all Canadian division. Um, I'm okay with it. Not a huge fan. And uh, I'll leave that hot take for when that comes. But um, like I said, I just want to start this podcast off with just telling you guys, you know, please be interactive. Um, I love hearing feedback, something you like, something you don't like about what I'm doing as a host. Um, I can always improve. So please feel free to chime in. This is your show as, as much as mine. So just let me know. So transitioning to yesterday. Some great NFL football. We saw some really important games that will decide playoff hopes. 
Um, and let's start with the game, the game of the day, in my opinion, and that was Sunday Night Football. The pitch, the eleven and one Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the nine and three Buffalo Bills, and this game was important for multiple reasons. If the Bills won, they would guarantee themselves a playoff spot, not the division crown yet, but put themselves in the driver's seat. And Pittsburgh is coming off their first loss. They lost to the Washington football team um, on Monday night. So they were playing on a short week and they came with some pressure. To start this game, we did not see the most uh, beautiful game offensively. We saw a lot of great defense, which is what I enjoy. It reminded me a little bit of the 2018 Super Bowl between the uh, Los Angeles Rams and New England Patriots. That's a game I remember I was watching with friends and they're like, oh, this game is so terrible. It finished 13 to three. I think it's one of the better Super Bowls I've ever watched. I love seeing def- like defense wins championships. It still can. Um, and people might not enjoy it, you know, visually, but I-, I love it. You know, you don't see a lot of it in sports anymore. Really good de- defense because I just don't think coaches give a shit or even teach it in any sport for that matter. But in this game, we start off Pittsburgh three and out. Gain nothing. They gain six yards. And we see a Buffalo three and out where they only gain one yard on three plays. Pittsburgh um, gets next play. Pittsburgh gets one first down. Then they then they get out. Then the next uh, Buffalo drive, actually, we see our first in, uh, turnover of the game. Josh Allen is hit on the arm by Cam Hayward. This is something we'll see the whole game. Pittsburgh, they played hard and they brought their – their uh, defensive line came to play. They also were blitzing a ton on Josh Allen. He's actually one of the best came in. He was third in the NFL in uh, completion percentage when facing the blitz, but we saw the whole game, Mike Hilton, Cortland Sutton, these safeties were blitzing and getting home. They only had one sack in the first half, but the quarterback, the biggest thing about um, getting hits, you can get hits. You don't, it doesn't always have to be a sack. It can be a quarterback pressure, because if you can rush the throw, if you can get in his throwing lane, it's going to affect him. So in this particular play, Cam Hayward hits his arm, the ball's fluttering in the air, and it's picked off. Uh, and they get the ball in Buffalo territory. So they get really good, really good field position. But they get nothing. They get uh, they get uh, two first downs, but get nothing. They're in like the Buffalo 45, just outside field goal range. So they have to punt. We see this the whole first quarter. The teams get a combined six first downs, uh, like 45 yards of offense. So it was just abysmal. But the pass rush is working. They're blitzing, like I said. Um, And again, the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is something I'll touch on as we discuss who wins the game. But Pittsburgh, this whole year has had a problem with drops. And in the first quarter, they had two drops. Deontay Johnson had a third down, easy third down. They ran a little slant and go. He came across the middle, all kinds of room, dropped the ball. Then another third down, Big Ben, right in the hands, the tight end Eric Ebron, drop. And like I said uh, with Ryder on Sunday, they've had 11 drops in the last three games. You're not going to win, especially with their run game. Coming into the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Started the year, the first eight games are having 120 yards rushing a game for 11th in the NFL. So pretty solid. In their last seven, they've averaged uh, 55 coming into last night. That has since gone down. But 55 yards rushing is 
it's so terrible just to put this into perspective. I mean, an average, an average rushing, a bad, really bad teams like the jets and the Jaguars Jaguars are a good rushing team, but historically really bad teams still average like 70 rush yards a game. And Pittsburgh has been averaging 55 and they were undefeated. So it just tells you that their running game, they don't have one. So finally Pittsburgh gets a, gets a, uh, gets a drive where they can score because Buffalo Josh Allen threw a beautiful pass to uh, tight end Dawson Knox, but he fumbled. Fumbled the ball. Cortland Sutton jumps on it. It led to a three-play, 30-yard drive where Big Ben threw a touchdown pass, 19-yard touchdown pass to James Washington. 7 nothing. So kind of looked like uh, they got some momentum, and they did. Uh, Buffalo had a three and out their next drive. So Buffalo had nothing going. He had nothing going. But Pittsburgh, again, they just – they kept dropping balls. They had four drops in the first half. They just couldn't get anything going. Um, Buffalo then drove the ball down the field to a field goal. Uh, Josh Allen had three tries to get in the end zone, but no dice, 7-3. And the Pittsburgh defense could take this as a victory. They were missing four regular starters coming into this game. Bud Dupree out for the season. Devin Bush, linebacker, out for the season. Robert Sperlane who is actually Devin Bush's replacement, was out tonight. And three-time Pro Bowl corner Joe Hayden was out. So, you know, they're banged up. But they still came out to play. But at the 52 seconds left in the half, Pittsburgh gets the ball back. They got timeouts, so they're thinking, okay, let's try to score some points. They're up 7-3 at this point. But Big Ben throws a pick six to Teron Johnson. He takes it back to the house, 45-yard pick six. And uh, it's nine, nine, seven Buffalo because their kicker missed the extra point, which is another thing I'll be touching on later on the show. Just how bad field goal kicking and extra points are this season. It's an embarrassment, but nine, seven at the half, this play was so huge because Buffalo had nothing, nothing going. uh, Josh Allen, just for reference, he had, he was 10 for 23. 76 yards for an interception at half Monday night against San Fran. He had almost 300 yards passing in the first half and two touchdowns. So he he had nothing offensively. Big Ben at uh, 103 yards, one touchdown, one interception, but both teams were, were faulting, but this play was really the turning point of the game because into the second half, Buffalo gets the ball first. They, Go on a big drive, and it's capped off with a beautiful pass to Stefan Diggs for a touchdown. Eight plays, 68 yards. They mix it up, five passes, three rush, which is something we saw the rest of the game. In the first half, Buffalo ran the ball seven times. Josh Allen's a stud. I'll be the first one to say that. But you got to run the ball more than seven times because it's just predictable. You run In the NFL, you run, even if you're not a good running team, you run it enough so you can run play action, which is faking to the running back, keeping the ball. You can run bootlegs. You can run play actions. You need to do that because it keeps the defense honest. They need to commit to the run so that they don't just know that you're going to throw. You need to run the ball so that at least you scare them a little bit into thinking, well, maybe something else is coming here. 
If you don't, and this is the, another problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are last in the NFL in play-action offense. Does their run game have something to do with it? Absolutely. But you still need to run, do a play-action play even if your running game sucks because something could break down. You could see you see all the time defensive tackles, the linemen, linebackers, they overcommit to one side, and then you have wide-open receivers. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers receivers are perfect for it. Juju Smith-Schuster, great slot receiver. Chase Claypool, great slot receiver. James Washington, good slot receiver. Dante Johnson, the stereotypical slot receiver. And they don't do it, and I don't understand why. I get their, their running game, and maybe they're not going to buy it, but Ben dropping back and passing right now is not working because he's being forced to throw too much. He's throwing close to 50 times a game, which is too much. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's 37 years old. He might have more hits on that body than anybody, than Cam Newton. I mean, he's – people like to make fun of Ben because he fakes injuries, which he does. He oversells them, but the guy's – the guy takes hits. He's a tough – he's a tough motherfucker, and he stands there, and he takes it on the chin a lot. So – they need to do something to, to mix it up. That's just a th- one thing. So Buffalo then, like I said, has a touchdown. So they're up 16-7 at this point. <laughs> then Pittsburgh, 3-0. Nothing on offense, just abysmal. Then next Buffalo drive, touchdown, 23-7. But you see from the interception, Going into the half, they felt good about themselves. They said, we just played probably our shittiest half of the season, and we're winning. That's what good teams can do, and that's what they did. Their defense made a play when they needed to. But they're, So they're up 23-7. End of, the, end of the third quarter, Ben gets the ball, dr- long drive down the field, and at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he finds Juju Smith-Schuster in the end zone, and then he uh, gets a two-point conversion to Eric Ebron. So 23-50, the game at this point. Buffalo gets the ball back, long drive, but the Steelers' defense gets a stop and holds them to a field goal. So 26-17. So it's seven minutes left in the uh, fourth quarter, and Big Ben's intercepted. And it's tough because you're they're down 11. It's unlikely. But what this showed me, seven minutes left on the clock. What really impressed me was the Buffalo Bills because they never gave Pittsburgh the ball back. That's what good teams do. You eat the clock. You don't give a team a ball back. You do not give them hope. You smother their hope. They ran the ball. Allen threw a couple first down passes, but they just kept moving that clock. It wore down. It wore down. And eventually... They took a knee because it was under two minutes. Pitcher was out of timeouts and they didn't have a chance. Big Ben was sitting there for seven minutes waiting to get back on the field. Like I said, it's unlikely they would have came back, but you'd never give a team a chance. When you see that they're a team's vulnerable, you stomp on their neck. And this, this is a version of how you do it in the NFL. You don't give them a chance. The Buffalo Bills are now 10 and three. They clinched the playoff berth for the second straight year. Um, last year, they lost in, in the uh, wild card round to Houston, but they're a hell of a lot better than they are last year. And there's a number of reasons for that. One of them, 
they acquired Stefan Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings. He was their number one receiver. He played with Adam Thielen. I think he's always been better than Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's good, but Stefan Diggs is another level. He wanted out of Minnesota. And Buffalo went out and got him. They gave up a second-round pick for him, which for a top receiver, it, it's still in the NFL. It's a lot because draft picks, it's different than other sports because draft picks are so coveted in the NFL because you can find such steals that play for your roster right away. You know, if you in the NHL, you draft a second rounder, you might not have them on your roster for two, three years. So in the NFL, you're drafting players to play on your team that next year. So that's kind of the difference in philosophy there. But he had last night, he had 10 catches, 130 yards and a touchdown, but he really shifted momentum too, because he, on that drive, uh, their drive after the half. So they made it on the six, when they made it 16, seven, there was five pass plays. He had four receptions on that drive and he had over 30 yak yards, which is yards after the catch. It's such an important statistic for a receiver. If you cannot get yards after the catch, then your value is significantly less because you need to be able to break coverage, break tackles, make bigger plays. And he's, he's great at it. If I look at receiver acquisitions, just acquisitions in general, you know, uh, Arizona got DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in football. But Kyler Murray's been dinged, and he's get, he gets so – I just think Stephon Diggs, the way Josh Allen uses the receivers, Stephon Diggs is more valuable than DeAndre Hopkins was to Cliff Kingsbury's offense with Kyler Murray. And Buffalo is now 10-3. and three. Uh, They are two games ahead of the Dolphins in the AFC East. And they're only a game behind the Steelers for first or for second seed in the AFC. Sorry. So it's just a shift. They, you can feel it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you see teams. It's always a debate. When's the right time to peak? And it's different in every sport because the NHL's 82 games. This can be a slog. Um, but in the NFL peaking too early sometimes a really bad thing because the Steelers were 11 and 0 cruising, but the way they've been playing, they've been cruising for a bruising for a while. And it's just, they they're missing multiple things. Their defense is starting to get worn down. They're all hurt. Even TJ Watt had to leave the game sporadically last night, who might be the defensive player of the year this year. So it's tough right now for Pittsburgh they got a tough. They got uh, Cincinnati a week from today on Monday Night Football, so that's a gimme win. But they finished the season against Indianapolis and Cleveland. And multiple things can happen here, and I think multiple things will happen. I think Cleveland is going to pe- uh, catch and pass Pittsburgh and win that division. I also think the Buffalo Bills are going to finish second in the AFC. Um. I think, I think Pittsburgh will lose at least one more game. And if Buffalo wins out, which there's no guarantee, they got New England, they, they got the Broncos on a Saturday game this week, so they'll win that one. But they got New England and then Miami to finish the year. So that's no gimmies, but the way they've been playing, they should, they'll be favored to win every game, and I think they will. Um, but it's just, 
you got to peak at the right time. The Bills are feeling it. Like I said, they had a terrible first half, abysmal offense. But you get a play from a defender at the right time, and it boosts your offense for the second half. It's, it's just sports. You make a play when you need one. Karen Johnson did it last night for the Bills. And Josh Allen then woke up, and their offensive line started protecting better. And they started running the ball more. And it's just, it's a spread of making changes. And Pittsburgh's got to figure it out here. They got a longer week, work week, because they only play, like I said, next Monday against Cincinnati. But they need to figure some stuff out because they could be in trouble here. Real trouble. Indie games are no, no gimme. They're nine and four. They're playing good football right now. And like I said, Cleveland, I believe in Cleveland. Cleveland's better than Pittsburgh right now. They do everything better. Their defense is better. Their quarterback. I'm not going to say their quarterback's better because that's disrespecting Big Ben. And I think Big Ben is is better, is, is better than Baker. But they have a way better run game. And I, I trust the receivers more. Also, Pittsburgh had seven drops last night. I mean, last night's loss is not on Big Ben. He threw two interceptions. One was the first one. You could put it on him, but it was it was tight, cut, really good coverage. I think that's just a better defensive play. Second one, you could say it's his fault because, but he was also the game's pressing. He's down eleven. He knows he needs to score, so he's playing pretty good football after coming off a year of Tommy John. I mean, his team's still eleven and two. So I'm just saying they're a good team, but the AFC usually the NFC is the better conference this year it's not even close the AFC the Chiefs the Bills uh the Titans are a really good team like I think the Chiefs and Bills are better than Green Bay and New Orleans who are the top two seeds in the NFC I trust them more to win but they're just they're just better but a big win with that Pittsburgh lost they came into the day we'll touch on these together Pittsburgh came into the day, uh, came into the day uh, first in the AFC. So that means you finish first in the AFC, you get a bye. There's, what, this year, there's only one team that gets a bye, one in the AFC, one in the NFC, only the top seed. But with that loss, they dropped to the second seed in the AFC. And with the win the Chiefs had yesterday um, against the Dolphins, they're now 12-1, and one, and they're first in the, uh, in the AFC. A big, big win. But this was another interesting game. Chiefs survive against the fish. Um, but I've said this since I started the podcast. I don't trust the Chiefs. You know, I was having this debate with my mother last night. She said, I think the Chiefs are better than they are last year. And I said, hell no. Hell no. They're, they, they're more flawed. They, last year against Houston, they came back from 28 to 3 down. Then they came back from 14-0 down to Tennessee. If that happens this year in the playoffs, they're not winning those games. Mark my words, they're not. Because they're just missing something. And I could go over the statistics and say Travis Kelsey is first in the NFL in receiving yards. First as a tight end. And just for record, if he finishes first in receiving yards, he's got 1250 right now. 
that would be the first time in the history of the NFL that a tight end is, will finish first in receiving yards. There's been some damn good tight ends. And Travis Kelsey, DK Metcalf's right on his heels, but it wouldn't shock me because he's getting he's also set a new record yesterday with his seventh 100-yard receiving game this year. Seven catches yesterday, buck 20, touchdown. But they're just they're missing something. I think it also showcased the Miami Dolphins. Um, they're not, they might miss the playoffs this year. I think it's more and more likely that they will with their schedule down the stretch here, but they can play. They have the best cover corner in football in Xavier Howard. Got five straight games with interception, nine for the season. He's the best cover corner in football. Not even, I, he's, Go back and watch his interception yesterday. It's a one-hander. You'll probably – actually, you'll see it tonight on Monday Night Football. If you watch the You Got Moss segment, I guarantee you he'll be on it. Also, the Malik Hooker for Indy made a great interception yesterday on Derek Carr. Similar one-handed catch. Steelers should try to get them both. They might actually catch something. But the Dolphins showed signs of life. They fought hard in the game, but just simple things cost them. And, on uh, you know, the Dolphins – lost uh 33-25 so within a touchdown but they gave up a punt return touchdown in the third quarter that killed them Cole Hardman took it back 68 yards for a score uh two ahead a bad pick throwing to the end zone but he's just kind of he's still learning he's a rookie quarterback so the jury's still out on him but he seems a bit indecisive and we've seen quarterbacks yesterday across the league they just hold on to the ball too long and it can really, it could either end up in injuries, force fumbles, and there's, you know, a lot of bad things can happen. But he's got to break that. Uh, but they fell yesterday, eight and five. Indy, Indianapolis beat the hell out of the Las Vegas Raiders. So they're nine and four. So they're in the sixth seed. They're comfortable there. So Miami's eight and five. They're waiting. Baltimore's right on their heels. Baltimore plays tonight against Cleveland. They're seven and five, so they could have the same record after tonight. Uh, Miami fans would be definitely hoping for a Cleveland win tonight, which I'll touch on at the end of this podcast, but they're going to win. Um, but, you know, Miami's got signs of life. For years, they've just been stuck in the mud. Most of the time, just finishing like a couple games out of the playoffs and, uh, then you get a mediocre mid-round draft pick. And it's those teams that do that that can kill you. But they've traded away players. They got, they're got they going to have two first-round picks this year because they got Houston's pick, which the way they're going, it might be a top-10 pick. They might get two picks inside the top you know, 15 if they miss. Or, so it's interesting. A lot of interesting ways this can go. But Miami, they got New England next week. That's a must-win. Must-win for New England too, but... They're unlikely to make it, but um, Miami needs to win that game. Then they add Vegas, and then they finish against the Bills. So they got they got a tough schedule. And um, but the win yesterday, the Chiefs are like I said, they're twelve and one. Mahomes had three interceptions, did not play well. He only had two the whole year coming into the game. But I'll give the Chiefs credit. I've doubted them all. I still have my worries about them, but they won the game. That's what you do. You play to win the game. Herm Edwards. And um, they did. So they're 12 and one. They got New Orleans uh, next weekend. They're at New Orleans. Then they're uh, 
playing home to Atlanta and they finish against the Chargers. So pretty easy schedule. I think they'll win the AFC, get the bye. Um, but we'll see. Uh, a lot of moving parts here. And but the AFC is loaded with good teams. And uh, you can't say the same thing about the NFC. Also, a bunch of games I want to touch on just quickly. Um, the I talked about field goal kicking and how bad it is this year. Uh, kickers are trending so bad that they're almost missing. Like an extra point is missed one of every three times this year. And just to put this into perspective, an extra point is like a 30-yard field goal. It's not hard. If you're a field goal kicker, I mean, your whole job is to kick field goal. That's it. Like you're, you kick a ball, you don't get hit. You're not going to have a concussion in your life. The biggest thing you might get is you pull a groin because you don't stretch enough, but they're missing one of every three. And this was really illustrated in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Minnesota Vikings game. And, oh, Dan Bailey, you're flying back to Minnesota today. Get get a new car because you might you might be dead by the time you get home just because yesterday we saw the Minnesota Vikings really play well uh, against against Tampa Bay. They started off, they ran a big drive, then they got a stop, then uh, Tampa had three and out, Brady overthrew Gronk. But next drive, they're running the ball really effectively, and Dalvin Cook scores a one-yard rushing touchdown. He's 14th on the year which is tied for the league in the NFL. Um, he's so they get a touchdown seven, nothing. He had 65 yards rushing in his first two drives. So everything's great, but Dan, Dan Bailey misses an extra point, just shanks it. Not even close. So that was the first warning sign of the day, but Brady gets one first down. Tampa still can't do anything and they keep it that way till mid second quarter, like the Tampa offense was barely on the field. Like the first, uh, the second Minnesota, the Minnesota touchdown drive took over eight minutes. So time of possession was like eight to three, eight to or 10 to two twenty in the first quarter, something like that. So just wearing them out. Right. And then Minnesota gets another drive. They're up six, nothing because they missed extra point and they get to field 45 yard field goal and Dan Bailey just shivs it way right, not close. And it's just this worry you get. And they had dominated the first half and it just, you could feel it slipping. So they missed that field goal. Tampa had no life. Like I said, they were just nothing. Tom Brady looked like uh, a lost puppy out there. He was just doing nothing, but they go, they get the ball five plays, Brady throws a beautiful deep ball, which he's been criticized that he can't make to Scotty Miller for a touchdown. Their kicker made the extra point. Seven, six Tampa. <laughs> so then seven, six Vikings get a three note. Brady goes down the field again. Touchdown 14, six. So before the half, they make it 17, six. And this, this is just crazy because Tampa, the, by the end of the game, this is how possession, this possession of the 
60-minute game, right? Minnesota possessed the ball 39 minutes and three seconds. Tampa possessed the ball 20 minutes and 57 seconds. But Tampa won the game 26 to 14. Now, if you're thinking that doesn't make any sense, no, it, it, you're, you're bang on. It doesn't make any sense. And the rest of the game, Minnesota did get another touchdown and a two-point conversion. But Dan Bailey missed another two field goals, and he finished over three in the day field goals, and in his only extra point he missed. They lost the game by 12 points. Those are 10 right there. And you can say, well, they still would have lost by two. Well, if you make those field goals in those times, that's what the most important part. I talked about the Buffalo game. It's all about momentum, about making a play to, to give your team momentum. And missing those field goals, it just deflated the Vikings. And Tom Brady was okay yesterday, but I, I give him credit. Uh, like if, if I had a grade his dad, give him a B, B plus, A minus, because he won a game by 12 points where he only had the ball 20 minutes of a 60-minute game. So if you think about it that way, that's pretty, it's pretty damn impressive. But it's, it's just so infuriating, the field goal kicking this year. If you got a good field goal kicker, pay him whatever. Pay him guaranteed money because it's worth it. Green Bay's had a really good kicker, Mason Crosby. He's 15 for 15 on the year. He made a clutch field goal from 53 yards yesterday for, for Green Bay, sorry, 58 yards to put them up by 11 and it sealed the game for them. But it's little things like that, that can make, that can make or break you. If you've got a good field goal kicker, lock them up. You need to, because it's such, I wish there wasn't field goal kicking. I hate it. Cause you got these skinny white guys that run out there that, have so much have so much feel on the game like they can change the game so drastically and they're really not part of the team you listen to interviews and field goal kickers are like they're like goalies but goalies are more part of a team because if you ever interacted with goalies they're weird people um but kickers are just like they're there the team loves them when they're great when they're not they're not even they're filling up water bottles so that was just that was a tough one. A big win for Tampa. They improved to eight and five. Um, and Vikings entered the game the seventh seed, the last seed for the playoffs. With that loss, they're six and seven. Arizona defeated the Giants twenty-eight to six. Dominated them. So they improved to seven and six. So they're now the seventh seed in the NFC. So tough loss for Minnesota and they got they got um, the Saints on their schedule they got they got a couple division games so they're still in the playoff hunt but this game really hurt them and, and it's probably a game they should have won on the road and they just chew it they just choked it's not even this one wasn't even Kirk Cousins fault usually it's just like oh Kirk Cousins you know he was Kirk Cousins again this week I can't put it on him he played hard and uh just Dan Bailey, you're, you're going to be looking for new employment after this year. That's that's a guarantee. I, if, if it's not, then, then the NFL has really bigger problems. And the 5 o'clock game. A game I was intrigued by, and I'll admit I picked the Saints to win this game. So I hope they're wrong. 
Um, I felt something about this game. I just, the Eagles made a switch from Carson Wentz, who's been their starter since 2016, to rookie second-round pick out of Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts last year uh, finished second in the Heisman Trophy voting, which is the best player in college football. If uh, Joe Burrow wasn't just such a stud for LSU, he would have won it. He had over 50 total touchdowns. He ran for over 1,000 yards, and he was electric. for he And he made the college football playoff. for He was played uh, Oklahoma, and he's just really fun to watch. And in this game, he showed sign of life. So just before we start, Eagles <laughs> defeated the number one seed in the NFC, Saints, 24-21. Now, Saints are without Drew Brees, but still the Eagles have looked like they've been on life support for the last month and change. So this is one of the bigger upsets of the year. We've seen NFC East teams, really huge upsets. Washington football team beat Pittsburgh. Uh, we've seen the Giants beat Seattle, and then this one might take the cake. But Jalen Hurts played great. Um, we saw an aggressive play call from Doug Peterson. Um, their first Eagles' first drive was uh, almost eight minutes. Jalen Hurts was running the ball a ton, throwing short passes, and 13 plays, only 49 yards, but they were marching down the field. And on fourth and two, they ran the ball to Miles Sanders, gets blown up by the Saints. And looks like a looks bad. But on the next possession, Saints fumble the ball. Saints fumble the ball. Eagles get it back. Jalen Hurts on four, another fourth down, they gamble again. Jalen Hurts takes a huge shot, but completes a pass to Alshon Jeffrey for a two-yard touchdown. Beautiful. They're up 7 nothing, But we saw the rest of the game. The Eagles just had it. In the first half, they controlled the game. They had, they had 302 total yards in the first half. That's 8.2 yards a play, which is staggering. They also had an 86-yard touchdown run from Miles Sanders. He's kind of a boomer bust. He reminds me a little bit of Saquon Barkley in that Barkley doesn't usually get big, like three, four-yard gains. It's like nothing. All or nothing. But like I said, uh, Saints had 129 yards, uh, nothing much. And Jalen Hurts after the first first half at 75 yards rushing on seven carries, which led the which uh, was second but just behind Sanders. But he was doing it with his arm and his legs, and he was a lot of fun to watch. So at the half, it's 17 nothing Eagles. So Taysom Hill had been intercepted. You had a field goal at the end of the half. It was all Eagles. But ne- next, start the second half. They get a three and out, big stop by the defense. And Alvin Kamara runs one in, five-yard touchdown, 17-7. Then Eagles, they were, they were going all game on fourth down, which I can appreciate. It was a fourth and in inches, which is basically just fall forward. But there's, a, there's this thing – on fourth down and in inches, that's called a quarterback sneak. And Tom Brady is probably the best one at it. And he's probably the least athletic quarterback. So it's not about being athletic on quarterback sneaks. It's finding the right hole, knowing your O-line, knowing them very well. And this obviously is Jalen Hurts' first start. So he didn't know where to go. He was stuck behind his offensive lineman. 
They come across, they stuff them, and they get turnover on downs. Second time that's happened to them in game. So, and then they run a two two plays. Two plays later, Casey Mill throws a dart down the field. Emmanuel Sanders makes a great catch for the 37-yard touchdown. So 17-14. So then, you know, they get another stop. Saints got momentum. Talk about momentum. But he gets to a fourth down. It's a fourth down game, this one. And on fourth down, Taysom Hill, he's another inexperienced quarterback, holds the ball way too long. He gets sacked, turnover on downs, which leads to a, a touchdown for Philadelphia. Uh, Sanders runs one in for one yard. Now the game looks over. Saints turn it over on downs. Like I said, 24-14, game looks over. Jalen Hurts fumbles. Taysom Hill throws a touchdown to Jared Cook, 24-21. They almost get the onside kick, but they don't, which seals the game. So Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, same state. They get the win. They're now 4-8-1. and one. But it was such a, such a surprising game that it's just – you didn't expect to see that. And Jalen Hurts is electric. He had over 200 yards himself. I mean, he had 100 yard, over 100 yards rushing, which was the – he's only the second player in NFL history to have 100 yards rushing in his first career game, and the other one was Lamar Jackson for Baltimore. Um, but it's another big one because it, it shifted the NFC – because the Packers beat, like I mentioned, they beat the, the Lions, the division rival. And New Orleans losing to Philly. They're now 10-3, and three, tied with the Packers. But the Packers beat New Orleans earlier in the season, so they hold the tiebreaker. So the Green Bay Packers are now the number one seed in the NFC. Saints drop to number two. And like the Steelers, they enter the day number one, and they leave number two. So this is, I think it's so, it's so crucial for New Orleans to finish first because they need that buy they need they have an older football team drew Brees is still coming back from injury we really don't know his status for this weekend against uh kansas city but just looking at the kansas city game i think kansas city will beat them so that's 10 and 4 and green bay on their schedule they have uh, carolina on saturday which will be a win they got the bears again and i think they have another winnable game uh, t- uh tennessee on uh, Sunday night. So that'll be a tough one, but New Orleans is in trouble in some trouble here. And they played Minnesota on Christmas too. That's no gimme. They played each other last year in the playoffs. So some history there, but good for the Eagles. It makes their situation tougher picking between Carson Wentz and that contract. And, you know, every fan will say, well, just trade Carson Wentz at the end of the year. Well, he's also got, it's a hundred million and, yeah, you're gonna have to eat some of it, but how much? I think it's way easier said than done to trade trade Carson Wentz. Yeah, you know, just to play. Oh, get rid of a problem. Well, teams usually don't want to take on problems, but we'll see. So the Eagles, every team in the NFC East won yesterday. Actually, other than the Giants, the Giants didn't have any offense. Danny Dimes was pulled late in the game, and they lost to Arizona. The Washington Football Team defeated the 49ers, which is a huge win. They improved to six and seven. They are now first in the NFC East. And uh, they they have the lead right now. But 
Alex Smith got hurt in the game. I hope he's okay. I want to see him come back and play, but I just want him to be healthy. Um, and Dallas beat Cincinnati, which I'm not going to clap my hands over that one. Cincinnati is got awful. So, but they all won. So that division is still very much up for grabs. We have six and seven Washington, five and eight uh, the Giants, four eight and one Eagles, and the four and nine Cowboys. So that that division is going to come down probably to the last weekend. But the Giants in the driver's seat, uh, uh, sorry, the uh, football teams in the driver's seat. They got Seattle next weekend, which is tough. But they got Carolina, and then they fail finish against the Eagles. So. We'll be keep tracking that, but you know, like I said, another game, uh, Indianapolis, big win over Vegas. They just destroyed them. Uh, they're nine and four. They're the sixth seed in the AFC, and they look like they're going to be a playoff team. They got Pittsburgh again, which should be tough, but they got Jacksonville, which should be an easy win. They lost them in week one, but they're not the same team. And um, just to mention uh, Derrick Henry, you know, I like to talk about great players, and he's certainly one of them. Yesterday, he ran the ball for 250 yard, 215 yards rushing, uh, two touchdowns. He's now got over 1,500 yards rushing for the season. He's tied for the lead with Dalvin Cook for 14 rushing touchdowns. This guy's just been a machine the last two years, and Tennessee's 9-4, and four, and they lost big to Cleveland, but they still scare me in the playoffs because Tannehill – he plays mistake-free football with Derrick Henry. You're always in the game. Don't get down early. You can use him the whole game. Then teams are going to be afraid because it's going to be cold and you do not want to tackle that big man when he's coming at you. So, like I said, it's just been a, a really interesting season. A lot of things still to uncover. we got tonight's game between Baltimore and Cleveland. A uh, huge division game. Uh, Baltimore... If they win tonight, they'll leapfrog Miami for the seventh seed in the AFC uh, wildcard race. Um, but I think the Cleveland Browns win again tonight. Another signature win. They lost to Baltimore 38-6 week one. Uh, but that was week one. That was a long time ago. Cleveland's gotten a lot better since then. Baltimore has regressed. Mark, they should have Mark Andrews back. They'll probably Clayus Campbell will be back. Um, Willie Sneed. But I just like Cleveland's team as a whole better. Miles Garrett is the defensive end. They have a good pass rushers, pretty good corners too. And I just like, I don't trust Lamar Jackson to make the big throw. I trust Baker Mayfield more. And that's probably surprising because Lamar won an MVP last year. But I think Cleveland will win, I'll say, 32-27 tonight. Division game, it'll come down to the wire. But I think Cleveland will make more plays than Baltimore, and they'll come out with a victory. But yeah, that's basically all for today. Like I said, we have a big week. I'm going to try to produce much content this week. And then um, I'm going to try to line up some guests to have on for the World Junior coverage. Um, I'm really excited for that. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year uh, just to talk sports and, you know, watch some really good young prospects that are, you can either watch with your fan base. Like if you're a fan, you can watch some good players and get excited for the future and obviously uh, cheer on the, the best country in the world being Canada. So thank you all for joining me today. Um, please follow our social media channels and I'll keep you up to date with what we're doing on there. But until next time, thanks for joining me and have a great day.